Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello and welcome back to another edition of the Wolverine.com's Monday Night Show here on our YouTube channel, also in our podcast feed. After the fact, we are, of course, brought to you on Monday nights by our friends at rogueshop.com. You'll hear a re- read from our friends there in a little bit. Anthony Broom here with Clayton Safey. It is game week. Uh, Christmas quickly, quickly, and I cannot emphasize this enough, quickly. It, it always seems like there's not enough time on Christmas for all the great things about it, but quickly in the rearview mirror now, it is Fiesta Bowl week. Esteemed colleague of ours, Chris Ballas, I believe is en route to Phoenix as we speak. Clayton, uh, you fly out tomorrow afternoon. Uh, I'll be staying back for the week, kind of holding things down here at uh, HQ, so to speak. But excited it's finally here. There's a lot to talk about. Uh, we'll be here the next you know, several minutes. Uh, probably, we'll probably go a little bit uh, shorter tonight just because of the holiday and, and a lack of storylines. But uh, just confirming Michigan did leave this afternoon. They will be in Phoenix probably any time now at this point. Um Clayton, we'll go to a quick. Uh, go well, to- real quick, can I just you? We got a, a super chat already. Can I just jump in real quick and say this? Like when I woke up yesterday, realizing it was game week, we were six days away. It felt like Christmas morning, didn't it? I mean, it was just beautiful. So that's my corny comment, I guess, to start. But yeah, excited <laughs> for uh, for the week here to come. We'll have all sorts of coverage around the clock at thewolverine.com. So join us there, and uh, let's let's get into this thing. All right, let's start it off with a $10 super chat from Ben at Zioni. Thank you, Ben. He says, with all this talk about beating the states, that would be Michigan State and Ohio State, and winning the Big Ten, I haven't heard much mention of us not winning a bowl or playoff game since 2015. Has that been mentioned by players and coaches? I don't know that that milestone or mark against them has been mentioned specifically, but the one storyline that we have heard in media settings when we've gone to press conferences and things like that is, you know, the guys last year felt, I don't want to say that the playoff last year was a bonus for them, but you know, their goal, the goals they set for themselves last year were to beat Ohio state and win the big 10. And there was like this sense of relief and several week long. I don't know, like, I don't know how to even describe it. Clayton, maybe you can put, do a better job putting it into words, but They've talked about at times feeling better or feeling like they were just happy to be there. And the talking point the last couple of weeks is that we want more. We want the whole thing now. And that is, uh, you know, they haven't won a postseason game since 2015. I think at this point, when you cross off all the narratives off the list, as they have over the last two years, that's kind of the biggest remaining mark. And they can do that without winning a national championship. You got to get this one ahead of you first in TCU. But yeah, this is... um, I won't just say it's a want. It is a, I think they need to do that this time around. Yeah. I think that it's a really good question, Ben. I I do think it's probably just because the last couple of years, like these are bowl games and not just in name only. I mean, they very much have a bowl game feel, you know, the week leading up and the team getting down there and things like that. But with it being a playoff game, it's just a little bit different. Um, You know, the stakes are a little bit higher. And when you lose, it's not as much of, I mean, it's such a sour taste because you're not going to win the national championship, but it's not like some sort of 
referendum necessarily on the entire program or anything like that. And bowl games are becoming less and less that anyway. But it, it wouldn't feel like 2018 when you lost to Florida or even, you know, kind of fizzling out in the second half against Alabama the following season just because it's it's just so different in the playoffs. Um, I think that's why we haven't heard that storyline. But you're right. I mean, Michigan, the, the things they were crossing off the last couple of years have been beating the states. You know, Michigan State, Ohio State, even Penn State, throw them in there. And then, you know, winning the Big Ten and doing all these things they haven't done before. Um, and, and that's felt amazing. But at the same time, you, you want to get a bowl game win, too. And get yourself to that Monday night because you never know what really can happen. You get there. You play that one game. You get nine days to prepare. Uh, you play either Georgia or Ohio State. And who knows? You may end up that night as a national champion and uh, immortal forever. So uh, you're right. It's, uh, it's extremely important as everybody knows, but uh, I just think that's why that storyline has been tucked a little bit away because uh, there's just so much different. The, the stakes are a little bit higher, a lot higher. Yeah. And, and we can speak to this a little bit more. I mean, did, it did kind of seem like when we talked to guys during like the, that four weeks off we had between games last year, where it was kind of like uh, it, it, the tone was different. I don't know how else to describe it. Like it was um, you could tell guys were, were excited, but it was still, the level of focus this year, and that's, I mean, listen, they got their asses beat by Georgia last year. That's ultimately why they lost that football game. But um, this group, I'm, I would, they, they go out and get everything that they say they want to have. And that is one of their most impressive traits so far. Um, I just spoke about that four week layoff and we have a $5 super chat now from uh, Ashley Skaglin, who is uh, the MVP uh, in many ways here with a $5 super chat. How concerned are you that Michigan football will lose momentum having four weeks between games? There's always that concern, right? When you, when you start 13 to no every week, it's like something just kind of builds one on top of each other. Um, I think from Michigan's perspective, I think that they certainly get, have the benefit of getting a little bit healthier. They have guys that have been banged up. We, I mean, we, I think we're pretty sure that, Blake Corum is kind of on the shelf the rest of the way. But other than that, it's kind of all hands on deck. And and I think that the extra time, this is where I think the extra time can actually be a benefit for them. And I think it will be a benefit for TCU too. It's similar. They come in similar to how Georgia did last year, just in that they lost their last game before this layoff. So that kind of serves as a reset button and a refocusing too. But uh, from your perspective, Clayton, any concern about, losing those four weeks, um, not losing. I mean, they've, they've been practicing the last two. They'll practice in full this week in Arizona. But um, for me, I don't have a lot of concern with that just because of how business-like a, of an approach that this, this team has. Yeah, well, first of all, this is just a fantastic question, Ashley. We appreciate you uh, listening and, and asking the question. Like, I, will, I do agree with you. TCU probably needed that reset. TCU coming off that loss is probably like, okay, let's regroup. We still have a shot here to win a national championship. Um, you know, Michigan, yeah, you're rolling a little bit, but, um, you know, so you're worried about that momentum being lost. The coaches, as soon as they got back to Ann Arbor, and really, I think some of them actually went from Indy right to the recruiting trail. A lot of those guys, you know, you, you didn't see them for a week uh, if you're on the team. And I know those guys needed some time away in terms of the players and they had finals and all sorts of things like that. But it is a little bit of a concern, I would say. Uh, on the flip side, take the uh, the positive side of things. A guy like Mike Morris really could u- have used that four weeks, and I think that'll help him here 
we'll see him on New Year's Eve play. You know, Michigan's best pass rusher with seven and a half sacks on the season. So that'll be big. Other guys that were banged up, even Donovan Edwards. I think he may have, uh, you know, may look a little bit different on New Year's Eve as well with a smaller cast. So, uh, yeah, there's there's kind of the positive and negative there. It's your job as a Michigan team that's been there before, though, been in this moment before to make sure that there's no sort of excuse, no sort of, uh, you know, you can't let that be something that holds you back. You got to go out and win this game you know, by any means necessary. And I think that's what Michigan's going to, you know, kind of try to do here. They're not going to think about loss of momentum. They're going to be, you know, ready to go. All right. Thank you, Ashley, so much for the question. Another a $5 super chat here from Ben, uh, who has a similar question to what Brad WAD is asking. Uh, Clayton, you can probably speak a little more on this because you will a little more familiar with the schedule of events for this week. But uh, Ben says, I live in Arizona, but can't go to the game. Any word on if the team will be doing an NIL autograph session while they are in town. Uh, all I can say is that I, I believe every event they have is hosted by the bowl. So I don't know that Michigan will be doing anything specifically uh, for fan engagement out there. Uh, Clayton, you can probably shed a little more light on that than I can. Yeah. Keep an eye out Ben for uh pep rally. I believe it is on the 30th at 4 PM uh, somewhere in Scottsdale. Check on that. I know it's, it's coordinated, I believe by, the alumni club. So that would be a good, um, you know, place to go for in terms of fans, in terms of the team, they've been pretty much shut down. Uh, they're going to be pretty secluded. I believe not a ton of events, even for them to, you know, there's no Bush gardens or, you know, Disney world or things like that. Uh, looking at the schedule, it's even a little more bare than uh, a year ago when they had, you know, beach day, they had a nice little cruise for dinner and things like that down the seaway there in Fort Lauderdale. So it's a little bit different this year. Seems more like a business trip. They're also getting in a day later. Um, actually saw your question pop up and uh, texted a source who says that, no, they will not be having players uh, do an NIL event, but there may be an event uh, with some football alumni on the 30th. So keep your eyes peeled for that. Could be announced on Twitter and, and things like that and over on our message board. But uh, I think the players will be pretty locked down. And, um, yeah, maybe, you know, uh, the people that will be able to go to the game uh, we'll be able to see them on New Year's Eve and hopefully that all that work they're putting in will pay off for a win. And I don't think anyone will complain about a lack of, you know, signing events or things like that. Yeah. Uh, thank you, Ben, for uh, the earlier super chat and the $5 one that you sent in. Uh, we'll go to another one from Brad, uh, Brad W80. who says, I'm hoping they have a gear store down there as well. I want that damn hoodie they released last week that was sold out in five minutes. Yeah. It kind of feels like the, uh, it's almost like the sneakers app experience with all this college yeah. football playoff gear that they drop. Uh, I've had a friend of mine who's been texting me about it and saying, Hey, do you know where I could get this? I was like, I, I literally have no idea. Um, I, I guess the only thing I could really say about gear is that if they somehow find a way to win at all, there will be no shortage of natty gear available um, in terms of stuff that's going to make its way to the M den. I know a lot of the cool stuff you'll see on players is going to just wind up being, team issued and, and something that players have. So yeah, I, I don't know. Um, I can't speak to the apparel company's plans, but I'll, I'll say this, even just coming off a big 10 championship and uh, making the college football playoff and I'll brief tangent here was looking for some college football playoff gear for some family members and friends of mine. I can't in good conscience buy them. Anyone that has Ohio state's logo on it. Oh, right. True. Like, have you thought about that at all? Like there, there's no, but yeah, I agree part with of you that wants to like capture that moment. You know, it's cool to see like the little bracket on the shirts, but 
but could you wear one around that has an Ohio State logo on it? I don't know. I'd be interested in seeing what people have to say about that. Um, yeah. But yeah, in terms of the hoodie or the jacket, I don't know about that. Maybe I could. Uh, maybe we can hit up some apparel sources in the industry this week. Um, but I mean, there there typically are some of the pop up type of things, like so. Not to reveal where the team's staying, but if you do find out where they're staying, I, I assume there'd be something there. I, I've, um, you know, some of the alumni hotels, they do the alumni tour. There may be a pop-up stop. Uh, I know there was last year for the Orange Bowl. Um, and then at the game as well, there'll be some similar uh, type of gear. So I think you could be able to find some uh, as well. But I don't know about the the CFP stuff. I know they did a limited release. It's disappointing. They don't really release some of the stuff that the uh, players are wearing because I know so many fans on our message board have continued to ask, where can I get this? Where can I get this? It's like, I don't think you can, uh, unfortunately. I think they're trying to keep it super exclusive. But I will say this, with the NIL now, once these guys graduate and stuff, they can kind of sell that stuff. And you're actually seeing some of those go on other sites you know, months later. So I guess keep an eye out for that if you really want it. It'd actually be game-worn or not game-worn, but you know, sideline and practice-worn and things like that. So. Yeah, I don't know. Some of those guys might not care about that stuff either. So maybe you just throw them a $50 bill now and, you know, who's to say? Oh, actually, it's Nike stuff. So $50, you'd be getting off easy. That's so, true. Um, yeah, so keep the questions coming on in. Uh, Clayton, let's talk about uh, – let's talk – you're actually – You've been to Arizona recently, right? Did yeah, I was out there in April, actually, and uh, – I stayed where the team is staying right now and got some nice golf in uh, after the basketball season a year ago, a little refresher. Uh, so it's uh, it's fun to be able to come back. I remember looking back then and we were like, oh, yeah, the playoff is coming back here. So who knows? And uh, here we are, you know, coming right back to uh, to town there. Any uh, so what is your I know we we will hash out our the media plan and stuff. But what is what is downtime for Clayton safety look like this week in Arizona? May try to get around a golf in potentially at some point, uh, maybe the day before the game uh, later on in the afternoon, once things kind of calm down, but we got a lot going on in terms of media every morning at our media hotel, uh, players and, and some coaching staff members will be showing up for press conferences. And then we get to go to portions of practice a couple days as well. So it's going to be go, go, go. As the people know, we are going down there on company money. So uh, you got to bring the company some money as well. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun, though. I will say uh, it, it's going to be super exciting. We'll be back on Thursday with our podcast as well. But yeah, we got a media party down there too. Maybe uh, have a couple, have a couple drinks, and uh, enjoy this 60, 65 degree weather. It's not going to be the best. It's going to be a little cloudy, but uh, should be should be a great time regardless. And uh, the game hopefully will be the pinnacle. I mean, I was pulling, I was doing snow over the weekend and pulling frozen pieces of my beard out of my oh. face. So it's. It's better than that. So, yes. I'm not complaining about that. Uh, let's go to this question from Shadyville, who says, all I see is talk about stopping Duggan and the TCU receivers. Should there be any concern about the TCU running game? What have you seen from this TCU offense uh, as we started to prep for this game? Yeah, it's much more balanced than I think a lot of people are talking about. I think this is a great question by Shadyville. Uh, Kendra Miller, their running back, has run for over 1,300 yards and has 17 rushing touchdowns. He's a fantastic running back. He's one of the top guys in the Big 12, and this offensive line, especially on the interior, is really good. Uh, they got a kid, Avila, which is kind of, for Tigers fans, you're like, oh, you know, Al Avila. I don't know if there's any relation there, but he is uh, their left guard. He's an All-American, 
all Pac-12. He was the Pac-12 or not Pac-12, Big 12 offensive lineman of the year. And, um, you know, so they got a really good interior offensive line there, can run the football. They're an air raid attack in terms of their actual scheme and the things they run, but they actually run the ball a lot more than these air raid type of teams. So you'll see four wide, but you're going to see some running of the football as well with Kendra Miller and then Max Duggan on some design runs. So I I agree with this Shadyville. I think that, uh, you know, yeah, Max Duggan's kind of the guy. He's the Heisman Trophy finalist, but there's a lot more to their offense too. Uh, And even to go into those receivers, I mean, Quinton Johnston is uh, really good. He was Mel Kuyper Jr.'s number nine overall NFL draft prospect. Uh, He's fantastic on the deep ball. They got a couple six foot four receivers that will start in this game. So Michigan's got to be on point with uh, not letting them get behind them. And even when you are stride for stride with them, those guys can go up and get the ball. So you got to play the ball really well, turn around, make sure you're not getting penalties, grabbing, things like that. Um, So, yeah, there's more to this TCU offense, I think, for sure. And uh, that's why I think the run wall, the thing Michigan's done so well this year, is going to be really important. Make them pass. Um, As weird as that sounds because they're very good at it. But, uh, you know, it starts with stopping the run against this team like it has really all season for Michigan. So stick to that same formula. I think, you know, they should be fine. Yeah, I think that there is a uh, there's an aspect of it to where, yeah, you're going to have to D up on them, too. But when you get into the playoff, all of these teams have potent offenses. I mean, there's not mm-hmm. a team in this four team field that can that can't score. So, you know, one of the recipes is it, it's also kind of similar to what the Ohio State recipe has been. Make them go go the long way. Make them sustain these drives. Get off the field in key moments, uh, you know, force field goals instead of allowing touchdowns and. You know, on your end of it too, um, the run game looks a lot different than it did five, six weeks ago, but Michigan's going to have to do the same and put drives together and finish them with touchdowns. It's, it is the most, uh, it's so cliche. It's so boring to say when analyzing a football game, but that's, you know, for the most part, it kind of comes down to that, uh, especially the way that Michigan likes to play. So uh, this is from Chris Sheehan. And then we'll talk about our friends at Rogue Shop in a moment. Anyone know what uniforms that Michigan is wearing? I believe as the two seed, they'll wear the, I'm guessing definitely home blues. It's just always the question of pants, right? Oh, sorry. I'm responding in the comments here. Uh, what unis we're wearing blue on top. And then uh, there's a rumor out there. They're going with the maze pants. I don't know. If, did you just say oh, that? The nice traditional look. They did wear blue pants in the orange bowl last year. They did. Right. They did. Um, yes. Yeah, yes. Maybe. That's their only loss in those pants uh, with the home jersey Mm. ever, I think. Um, The the, uh, uniform historian in me has to make note of that. And that's been uniform talk. So we'll go go to something different now. I want to talk, as always, about our friends over at Rogue Shop. Uh, Go check out rogueshop.com if you're having issues sleeping, chronic pain, or have anxiety and stress, our friends over at the Rogue Shop are the people you need to check out. Uh, Rogue Shop, um, I just lost my, I just had a total brain fart here. Rogue Shop, uh, anyone who has chronic pain, anxiety, stress, I think at some point, especially during the holidays, um, everyone kind of goes through that at some point. So, um, you know, Rogue Shop has the CBD, THC, edibles, tinctures, smokables, bath salts, pain creams, topicals, vapes, candles, soaps. They handcraft all of their own stuff, uh, soaps, the topicals, candles, bath salts, massage oils, tinctures. They grow their own stuff in their own manufacturing facility. 
and all of their products are made with their own cannabis. The website has a 24-7 chat, uh, 24 hours, seven days a week, where customers can ask them anything. All of their edibles are custom formulated with cannabis, vitamins, and plant minerals. Uh, Rogue Shop is America's number one online dispensary and health and wellness shop. We've talked about our friends Richard and Charmaine all season long. They are a small business. Uh, Richard is a disabled combat veteran. Uh, They are veteran-owned, black-owned, woman-owned company. They have five employees. So it's a small kind of family family of employees and workers that they have there. And we've got the special uh, promo code for you. The Wolverine will get you 10% off promo code The Wolverine over at rogueshop.com. That's R-O-G-U-E-S-H-O-P.com. Uh, rogueshop.com use the promo code the wolverine let's move now into uh, a question here from seth scott who asked where will donovan edwards be by game day cast or no cast two full hands i would have to think there's gonna be some hand protection there still um i don't know how healed he is from from that issue uh that he had uh, you know those last couple weeks of the year but I don't know that we'll have an update on that until we kind of get some intel and talk to some people down in Phoenix this week. But uh, did a pretty darn good job with with having one hand. I would think it, it will probably be protected, but somewhat improved. But I can't, in, you know, I can't really speculate on that without knowing what exactly has been going on. So yeah, and we should know more tomorrow because uh, a portion of practice will be open to the media. So. Our Chris Ballas will be there. I will be in route to Arizona at that time and in miss practice, but uh, we should have more on that tomorrow. We will know more. And uh, yeah, I think it'll be a little bit of a, a smaller cast, but as you mentioned, I mean, Donovan's legs, his feet, you know, I mean, all that, his energy, you know, I mean, none of that was hurting against Ohio state or Purdue. He had fantastic games, was able to do it despite that injury. So I uh, should feel pretty good about what Donovan can bring on, on Saturday night. Yeah, and he's it's gonna be him. It's gonna be also Kalel Mullings. We assume that you know CJ Stokes is a guy who can mix in there. So they have uh, again, it's gonna look different. Anytime you lose a player of the caliber of Blake Corum, it's gonna look different. Uh, but as we've seen, Michigan has been able to piece it together, and also JJ McCarthy has been a factor in, in the QB run game just a little bit more. I was watching uh, you know, that Ohio State game from this year again over the weekend and one of those key moments in that game was that that run of his where he just kind of keeps churning his legs. I think it was a third down. Um, and it was one of those moments early on in the second half where like, all right, I think they might actually do this. So um, whatever you lose in the run game, which again, no one's even with Michigan being banged up there with Corum and Edwards, no one has been able to stop this run game this year. Uh, Ohio state, Honestly, you could probably say did the best job of it until two runs at the end of that game. Uh, but when they've needed to run the football, they found a way. And that's something that has been a non-negotiable for them. So uh, I am confident that Donovan Edwards will be able to run the ball and they will be able to have that type of production. So Let me, let um, me add this, though, too, real quick. Is mm-hmm. I do think – it's something that needs to be talked about. The fact that Blake Corum's not playing and the fact that Donovan Edwards, while he's been very good over the last couple of weeks is a different type of back and is a back that really he's been a little bit boomer bust in some of these games. And that's not like, I'm not criticizing him for it because those booms, I mean, those big runs were huge, but I would like to do this is go throughout the season and look at 
the, his median, you know, rush. I know he's like, I think second in the country in uh, average yards per carry. Uh, and I think it's close to seven yards, but 14 of his 22 rushes against Ohio state were for three or less yards. Um, you know, and Blake Corum just has a knack of getting five, six, seven, even when it should be two or three, you know, um, and getting those first downs. So I'm not saying Donovan can't do that. I'm not saying Donovan uh, is a huge step back because I think he is probably the best backup running back, quote unquote, in the entire country. But I think it's something to be noted that the run game has looked a little different. Even against Purdue, they weren't running that successfully for much of the game until things kind of open up in the second half. You start the second half off with what, a 40 yard run or 50 or 60. Yeah. Uh, and then you had his incredible touchdown run where he broke about six, seven tackles on uh, for, I think, 25 yards. So, yeah, I mean, he's created some big plays, but they want to be able to sustain and run the ball for 60 full minutes. And, uh, you know, so keep an eye on that. You know, I, I think that Donovan can do that, but he hasn't totally shown it uh, every game so far. But again, he's, he's two weeks into being the uh, feature back on this team. So that's important, too. Yeah, Donovan, of course, uh, I did look it up. He's at seven and a half yards per carry, but I think you're right. He is the kind of guy that will be, you know, if there could be a point in the game where he's sitting at, you know, eight rushes for 22 yards and all of a sudden he pops a couple long ones and right. he's, he's got 150 yards on the day. So like, what would his median, you know what I mean? Like, let's say we, we wrote down and, you know, put it in an Excel spreadsheet of Blake Corum, every single rush of the entire season, his median rush might be like five or six. You know, Donovan's maybe closer to three or four, which is still fine. But there just seems like there are a lot of them that don't go anywhere. Um, and I will give credit to the offensive line for just absolutely sticking with it and playing really well in these second halves. And those have, you know, really helped Donovan get some of those big runs in the second half. But also Donovan Edwards seems to heat up as the game goes on as well. So it, it's, again, it's not a knock, but it's it's something to keep an eye on. He's not Blake Corum. And, man, that dude may have won the Heisman. So, I mean, it's that's not saying a whole lot that he's not Blake Corum. That is uh, – He's still a, a fine running back, but all right. Super one dollar ninety nine cent super chat here from Chris Sheehan, uh, who asked again any word on Donovan's hand. Uh, we talked about it a little bit earlier. Again, uh, I, I think that we will. I think he's. I think he will play. I think he will be their lead back by a fairly wide margin. I, I think he'll have the vast majority of the carries. I do think there will still be some hand protection there, but I. I Seeing how he, effective he was with what looked like a club for a hand at Ohio State in that Big Ten title game, uh, I would have to think that, again, I can't speculate. I don't – the guys who will be at practice tomorrow or maybe Michigan may even hide him. I don't know. I mean, they always find a way to get one over on on the wicked old media where we have these open opportunities. But it's hard to uh, get a gauge on that until we see him on the field, so – uh, I think he will be fine, though. I think he's. I think the the situation is probably uh, improved at this point. So yeah, Chris, we'll have more for you tomorrow. Even if they do hide him, that'll be an update. So uh, we'll have more for you tomorrow. I wish we could answer that a little bit more, but they'll get their first practice down at the Angels uh, spring training facility tomorrow afternoon. Very cool. Shane Johnson has finally made his uh his appearance well, on the Monday well, Shane night show. Johnson said that he tried doing super chats before the show but they weren't coming through we don't see him here so yeah. apologize Shane if there was anything there hopefully didn't uh miss anything but I appreciate you following up there that's what I was commenting with uh in the comments there it looks like he dropped his questions but uh yeah hopefully we didn't miss any um well I'm sorry for that Shane we'll look into that if something was going on weird but he said okay he watched Kirby Smart's presser today 
Uh, they rotate four running backs. Michigan's down to one that they trust. How concerned are you with the backfield, and what is the biggest concern for Saturday? Uh, I think for me, it would be um, it would be what happens if TCU is able to kind of build their own run wall, so to speak. Because again, JJ McCarthy and this Michigan offense have proved that if you give them, you know, if he has the opportunity and guys make plays, he can win you a football game on his own. That's basically what happened at Ohio State. Uh, they, they didn't leave any meat on the bone. We talked about meat on the bone so many times during this season. But uh, I think TCU is is a little more disciplined on the back end of their defense. I think that their guys are a little more a little stickier in coverage. So for me, it's, um, you know, Michigan just has to keep fighting and not panic if that is the case. I think that's why we've seen some of those Michigan teams kind of wilt in those situations in the past. Because when you take something away from them, there is kind of a panic and deer in the headlights look. But at this point, I think that this team is just when things don't necessarily go their way early on in games, they are content to just grind it out and get to the locker room and have that moment to kind of take their deep breaths. So for me, I think that would be uh, that would be the concern on offense and defensively. It's it's Max Duggan's legs. I mean, it, you can be as as sticky as physical and coverage as you want. You can take their receivers out of the game. But if your pass rush isn't getting home, which at times it has kind of disappeared for the Wolverines, uh, despite, you know, kind of um, production in bunches in, in a bunch of games. But, you know, if Max Duggan on third and 12 is able to scramble for 13 or 14 yards, that's going to cause some gray hairs for a lot of people. So for me, that's where uh, on both sides of the ball, I think right now, as of Monday night, that's where my biggest concerns would be. Yeah, and talking about the running backs, I, I agree, Shane, that, I mean, you look at what they've had it in running back the last couple games. It's Donovan Edwards, who's been fantastic, and then it's Kalel Mullings, who's been the guy that's come in second, a guy who was playing linebacker in some of those games. Against Ohio State, he was playing some linebacker, um, and I, maybe against Purdue, but either way, the whole season, this guy was a linebacker. I think that tells you a little bit about their trust level right now. And a guy like CJ Stokes, a freshman who looks to have a bright career, but is a freshman that hasn't had that many reps. And this is the biggest stage in college football. So uh, there's a little bit of concern there, I think. Um, but you're right, Anthony. I mean, hammer away, hammer away at the run. I mean, they didn't give up on it against Ohio State and it ended up absolutely paying off. So continue to do that and make sure JJ McCarthy makes enough plays, which he has over the last two games, seven total touchdowns for him one rushing, six passing in those two contests, the biggest games of the year. So you got to have a high level of trust in him at this point right now as well. My guess, biggest concern, uh, yeah, it does lie when it's Michigan's defense going against TCU's offense. Uh, I'll kind of reiterate it again. It, it goes along with what you said, the Max Duggan's legs, but also their big playability. Uh, they really are, are near the top of the country in big plays from – 10 or more yards from scrimmage, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70. If you uh, filter there, all those rankings, they are near the top. They can make big plays. Max Duggan, 18 of his 30 touchdowns have come on throws of 20 plus more air or 20 plus air yards. Uh, so you're looking at a guy who really is able to connect with some of these big receivers all season long. Michigan's defense got to play well. Um, and I was looking at this stat the other day to piggyback off of what you were talking about with Duggan's scrambling ability. Michigan, according to Sports Info, Info Solutions, has faced the least amount of quarterback runs in the country this season. So there's the unknown there. They haven't played really a mobile quarterback. Talia Tagovailoa 
is the closest thing to it. And I wouldn't necessarily consider him like, yeah, he's a dual threat, but he's not a running quarterback. So, and Duggan's not necessarily either, but he's definitely going to be the best running quarterback they face. So it's the unknown that kind of scares you there, right? Where it's like, we don't know what Michigan's like against a quarterback that like this, let's say they do hit on a few big plays, but then they also pick up that third and 12. You're talking about Anthony. Then, uh, then, you know, as a defense, you can start to kind of, lose some hope, you know, lose some confidence. So you don't want that to happen. You want to play good early. You want to get off to a fast start and uh, get after this dude and make him one-dimensional so you can pin your ears back and guys like Mike Morris hopefully uh, get to him. Yeah. Uh, Max Duggan's got a little – he's got a little Tebow in him. Uh, that's that's mm. I, that's the that's the vibe I get when I watch him play, especially – God, he played his uh, – to quote Chris Bowes, he played his brass balls off in that Big 12 title game and, and it did. came up short. So uh, let's go for, through a couple quick ones here and then we'll get out of here a little bit early tonight. Uh, this one's from Shadyville. Uh, thank you again, Shane uh, Johnson, for the super chat. Uh, Shadyville says, uh, will our receivers be able to get separation when TCU commits all resources to the run? The TCU secondary is better than Ohio State's. I think there's no question that this uh, – that's a challenge that, that these guys, these Michigan wide receivers, I hope have taken on over the, the last four weeks is that, you know, they haven't, they haven't played super well when they've been uh, jammed at the line of scrimmage, which is kind of surprising because a lot of them are so good and so physical in the run game, uh, with, you know, as it pertains to getting out and being a blocker. So I think that's going to be, a, that'll be a storyline in this game. I think we're probably going to see, um, I, I do think that we'll probably see TCU try and play, uh, try try and play some press coverage and try and load the box and take away the run and try to make Michigan one dimensional. I still think that's that's maybe your best your best course of action if you're an opposing defense. But yeah, I, I will they? I don't know. Can they? I think absolutely. I mean, I won't know the answer to that question until we see it on on Saturday. I think I think they're capable, but I need to see a little bit more of that. Yeah, it's going to be a big challenge. They do have a better secondary, I think, than Ohio State. If you look at Travius Hodges Tomlinson, he won the Jim Thorpe Award at the cornerback spot for TCU, the best defensive back in the entire country. Uh, so if you put him on an island, if you're TCU, you probably feel pretty good about that matchup. Michigan's receivers have struggled to get separation all season long uh, at different points, and we've seen them get better at that over the last few games. But, man, it's been a struggle at times. So you got to uh, – you got to, you know, make sure you have some things schemed up. And I do think that the Michigan coaching staff will have some really good things planned for this game. As we've seen a lot of big games over the last couple seasons, they really seem to uh, not pull a rabbit out of their hat, but man, really have some things, you know, tucked away for something like this. And as another commenter will mention here, as we'll pull up his super chat, um, the coaching advantage for Michigan as well. I mean, this staff, uh, I think you got to love your chances if you're a Michigan fan with this coaching staff with a month to prepare. That's a good segue, my friend, uh, into Josh Bernberg's 499 Super Chat. Have to think that Michigan has the coaching advantage with this much time to repair. Texas absolutely bottled this team up. Minter will have the team ready. Did did TCU's offensive court, were they, was he the one that won the Broyles Award? Yes. So another storyline there. I, I think, again, obviously we're insanely biased here because we've watched every snap of, of this football team. But I think that that – that should have been Jesse Minter's award to lose. And, and frankly, he did lose it. Uh, but again, I can't speak too much to, uh, you know, the other candidates in running, but I know that, I know that there, there is going to be a, 
an emphasis on showing that Jesse Minter, or, you know, they don't have to show anything. Jesse Minter just has to call the football game and make the adjustments because when he's done that all year long, Michigan's been fine. I mean, this is, I've never at any level of football from peewee to professionals, I've never seen a team flip a switch at halftime quite like this Michigan team does. So um, it's almost like the more that they see and the more games they play, the more kind of confident you are coming out of the locker room because there's nothing this team hasn't prepared for. There's no look they haven't seen yet. Uh, yeah. There's going to be a few stylistic things that Michigan hasn't quite seen from teams on their schedule in this game. That's what happens when you play a team from the big 12, which can be basketball on grass, but uh, Jesse Minter, uh, George Hilo, Mike Elston, Steve Klinkscale, uh, Jay Harbaugh as well. Can't forget about him. All of those guys will, I think this defense will be ready to go. I, I have zero concern about the defense. I, they're going to give up some yards. They're going to give up some big plays. They're probably going to give up some points, but I just, I like the makeup of that group and and I like how they're coached too. Yeah, I totally agree. The second half, even if things aren't going that great, you got to feel good. And, and even if the adjustments are, you know, just a couple tweaks here or there, that, that team is going to be really confident coming out of the halftime locker room, regardless the fact that they just have the mental fortitude to continue fighting. Uh, but Josh brings up a really good point with the Texas game. What Texas did really well is limited some of those big plays. Max Duggan was eight, uh, 19 for 29 for only 124 yards. His longest throw was 31 yards. And then Kendra Miller, he ripped off a 75-yarder. But other than that, he was pretty much bottled up. 21 carries for 143, but you take out that 75 uh, and not as prolific. So they're definitely watching that film, man. And uh, and they're seeing, you know, some of the holes in this TCU offense. And there are some. Um, so I think Michigan will be prepared for just about everything. Anthony, as you said, and this kind of sparks a thought in my mind, too. Like after that Ohio State game, we got to talk to Matt Weiss, Michigan's co-offensive coordinator, the following week. And he was like, yeah, we didn't even use all the things we had prepared. We had things prepared for if it went to – you know, five overtimes with just two point conversions back and forth. We had things prepared for, you know, all sorts of types of things. If it were a shootout, um, this Michigan coaching staff is really thorough. Jesse Minter, Matt Weiss, Sharon Moore, and all the rest of the guys. Like I, I ha have a lot of confidence that they'll be ready. And uh, Jesse Minter, man, speaking of him, like we all praised Mike McDonald so much last year because it was kind of the first year of this turnaround Jesse Minter hasn't gotten enough love, in my opinion, this year. Uh, even He damn near won the Broyles, as you said. And he's just been fantastic. I mean, just some of the defenses, you know, what he's had to deal with, with guys, you know, being gone, you know, Aiden Hutchinson, David Ajabo, Dax Hill, what they lost from that defense a year ago and what they've been able to do and become even better uh, has been marvelous. So I will uh, – I, I agree here with Josh that Michigan should feel good about what they're going to have not only coming in, but some of those uh, halftime adjustments as well. I think something that we've all kind of taken for granted is how casual and clinical Michigan's dominance has been because it looks the way they beat you is so you can call it boring, but I think when you can control both lines of scrimmage, that is maybe the most beautiful hang it in an art museum thing in this sport is when you can just beat the snot out of someone up front on both sides of the ball. Um, we take for granted how clinical and, and how casual that dominance has been. And it's because they have coaches that are so it's just the attention to detail and in, in game prep in adjustments that are made. And Jesse Minter, I mean, okay, fine. He didn't, they didn't give him his flowers to the Broyles award rather be that the dude 
hoisting a trophy on the last Monday night of the football season than the guy who is, you know, um, crying at the podium during a Broyles award speech. Uh, no offense to anyone who's ever done that. Just, just saying in general. So. Have they surprised the TCU coach, uh, offensive coordinator yet with his Broyles award out of nowhere at his, at a press conference or anything yet? I don't know. Maybe they will. If he replaces Josh Gaddis at Miami, <laughs> who knows? That's kind of, it's kind of the routine uh, there. That's it's all flash. Seems uh, like it in, uh, in Miami. So, um, just a couple, uh, you know what? I think that's a good place for us to, to put a pin in this one tonight, Clay. Uh, you travel tomorrow, safe travels to you. Of course, uh, our Chris Ballas, I assume is on a plane somewhere in parts unknown, uh, flying over our great country, uh, as we speak, fly over country. Yes, that's right. Um, yeah, uh, I'll be, I'll be staying back. Uh, just kind of man in the fort at home. Um, both literally and figuratively you can sign up to join the fort. If you're not part of that for $10 until August 31st, 2023. So 10 bucks for whatever, nine months of comfort coverage that it winds up being, I mean, do the math. Uh, I know, I know things are a bit inflated in our current economic situation, but uh, you are getting the most thorough uh, analysis reporting that there is in this market. Uh, and I can say that confidently and it's no disrespect to anyone else, but um, it is what it is. One last one here from Shadyville. If we beat TCU and then Georgia to win the title, would we be the first team in playoff history in the playoff era to beat all three other playoff teams? I'd have to think yes, right? I think he's saying that as a statement too. I'd take his word for it. I, I can't think of another scenario where someone would have beaten all three. Yeah. Well, and I'll say this too. Uh, I know we haven't talked about Georgia. We'll talk... We'll talk about Georgia or Ohio State on next week's show, hopefully. Um, yes. But if it winds up being Ohio State uh, at SoFi Stadium two weeks from tonight and you beat them, probably the most satisfying championship win that there could possibly have on yeah. so many levels. So there is a uh, – not assuming Michigan will win. they got to win a game Saturday first. Uh, Clayton and Chris will be down in Arizona. Again, I'll be at home. Uh, I have the plane ticket to LA though. I'm ready for the, you know, I'm, I made the plans. So we'll see what happens with all of that. Uh, thank you guys so much. Be sure to like uh, the video below, subscribe to our YouTube channel. We are on a normal podcast schedule this week. Uh, we'll see what winds up happening with the Thursday show, uh, depending on where the guys are at in terms of media stuff. And, and when you deal with hotel Wi-Fi, sometimes that can be a, a pain and a half as well, but we will have something uh, in that regard. I'll be live Probably the quickest I've been live after a game on Saturday since I will be working it remotely uh, from Wolverine.com satellite office here uh, in Metro Detroit. So, uh, Clayton, thank you again. Uh, safe travels tomorrow, buddy. Uh, thank you guys for watching. Anyone who's watching or listening on the back end uh, and you're traveling to the game, hope you enjoy yourselves. Hope you had a wonderful holiday and, and Happy New Year to everyone. So we'll talk to you again soon. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.